Hi everyone, I'm Frank Carpano. Welcome to Varsity Life, live every Monday night here on Cox Sports Television and stream live on the internet at turn2ten.com. So you are doing some research here. Yeah, so uh, Cam the intern. Got oh, his own, own podcast. Got his own podcast. But it looks good. Looks good. Logos, good Maybe graphics. Maybe it sounds good too. Oh, Cam. Hardworking kid. Cam? Yeah. Every day that kid's stock goes up a little Doesn't bit. A little it? bit. Ryan Hurtry on the way. It's good off the backboard and in. I'm sorry. What a take by Ducker. Jones, another steal. Spin off Caldwell and the layup's good. I would like to see you hold a mirror up to yourself and interview yourself. As good as this was, it could only be better if it was all you. Tuning in, I was a fan. I was like, man, let's do it. Cam, thanks so much for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Joined today for the first time, Cam Isamone. Gallagher's going to have to shoot it from beyond the arc. And it's good. Jacobs for three. He got it! My goodness, what a shooting performance by I think Cam's Corner is great. Tune in to Cam's Corner. This kid's going to make it. He's going to make it here. All right, and we are back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Cam's Corner. Today joining me is Sports, te- sports Teams 10 Sporting Director and Legendary Sports Broadcaster and Anchor, Frank Carpano. Frank, thank you for taking the time and joining me today. It's an honor to have you. Hey, thanks, Cam. Appreciate the invitation. Yeah, no problem. And I always ask my guests when they come on the show uh, firsthand where their passion uh, for what they love to do started. So, you know, athletes that come on, coaches, talk show hosts, reporters, and stuff like that. So um, where does your passion for what you do, where does that stem from? Where did that all begin? When I was in high school, I actually, you know, knew that in high school that this was something that I wanted to do and, and uh, followed through with it, started in radio, and then eventually went to school at Ethica College in upstate New York, uh, studied um, television, and I've been here at Channel 10 for 42 years, so... Right, yeah, you joined NBC10 in uh, 1980, I believe, shortly after you graduated uh, Ithaca. Um, yeah. So, you know, and you joined uh, ABC10, uh, NBC10 right, like, very shortly after. So um, at Ithaca, what kind of programs were you involved in where you got your name out there as a sportscaster that early on in your career? Well, I did a little bit of everything before I, I kind of zeroed in on the sportscaster thing. But, you know, I did some sideline reporting for um, different sports at Ithaca. Uh, I was also on the radio, like it, DJ. Um, I did, I was a newscaster at a local cable station. So, you know, I got a little taste of, of everything. You know, when your career first started, like I said, how did you adjust to getting better? You know, what were some of the techniques, the techniques you used, you know, to perfect your craft, like reporting, you know, play by play, doing all different types of things. Cause I just came uh, last weekend uh, from Bryant university, my first time on the sidelines reporting. So um, it's a little bit new. Yeah. A little bit new of an approach for me. So uh, asking for you when your career first started, how did you start to adjust? And, you know, perfect your craft. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, what I usually tell people who send me uh, tapes or some samples of their work and, you know, want to work here or want to get into the businesses, you know, and they, how do I get better? And usually the answer is, and it, it applies to me too, is just keep doing it. You know, I mean, more repetition, keep doing reps. It's the same thing in sports. The more reps you do, the better that you're going to get. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's, it was rough going to begin with. And then you kind of get into a routine and you, you know, you learn little tricks of the trade, how to, you know, navigate through, you know, rough spots, you know, if a video doesn't pop up or if for some reason your script isn't in the prompter, uh, you know, you, you know how to work around things like that. Um, you know, and, and play by play is not something I've done a whole lot at. So, you know, I, I feel even now I'm, I'm still trying to, to get better. So, um, and that's the way I feel about everything. Every, every day is a learning experience and, and, you know, trying to do the best that you can. Yeah, of course. And as your career continued, like you said, you did play by play for Friars men's basketball, uh, the hockey, uh, you know, along with a plentiful amount of other things. 
Um, did you ever want to do one more than the other? You know, is, and is it tough to transition through these different types of things? Nah, you know, variety's the spice of life. So, you know, if I could do a little bit of each, you know, I don't know that I'd like to do, you know, play by play. I, you know, I did PC hockey. I did brown, um, uh, brown football. I also have done high school, a lot of high school sports. So, you know, it's it's a nice um, nice thing to do besides what I do on a nightly basis, which is the the nightly sportscasts on the news. Right, and you've been plentiful. You know, uh, had the opportunity to travel a lot. Um, you know, what have been some of the connections you've been able to make over the years with people you may have looked up to, you know, working your way into the business or people, you know, around the same kind of notability as yourself? Yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's part of the fun part of the job, but it's also the hard part of the job because, you know, I've been to a lot of different big time events, whether it be an Olympics or a Super Bowl or a World Series. And, you know, you come back from those things and people say, oh, did you have fun? And like, well, you know, it's it's a lot of hard work that you're out there trying to find stories, usually in a city that you're not familiar with. And, you know, you want to do something different than what one of the hundreds of other reporters are doing. And it's it's tough. You know, you're you're working, you know, uh, all day and into the night and uh, and it's and it's difficult, but it is very rewarding. And just to have a, a front row seat to so many of those in, incredible events that I mentioned is has really been uh, an honor. And I'm very fortunate to have had that opportunity. Yeah. So like along those lines, what were some of the few like broadcasters and uh, sideline reporters that you looked up to when you were, um, you know, perfecting your, the beginning of your career? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think of some names that maybe you've never heard of because it was so long ago. But um, let's see. You know, I, I, I tended to to look at people who did sports casting um you know, on television, on a, on a local station and some of the national guys and, and just try to pick, you know, little things from each to, um, to fit into my style. You know, I don't want to imitate any one person, but, you know, a guy like, you know, Dick Enberg, who was very smooth and, and even Al Michaels, who's, who's just, you know, very, very smooth and conversational. I mean, that's really what it's all about is to make it, not make it sound like you're an announcer, make it, make it sound like you're just speaking to someone one-on-one. -on -one. That's, that's the challenge all the time. Right. And then someone for like me, like a little bit about me, I just interned at um, the Sports Hub uh, 98.5 down in Boston this past summer. And I was fortunate enough to talk with Bob Sosa, who does the voice of the Patriots and uh, Sean Grandy, mm -hmm. who does uh, the Celtics. So um, and they've been able to call, you know, like NBA finals, uh, Super Bowls and, and things like that. So for someone like you, who's been able to be there for those events, along with World Series, you know, Stanley Cups, what are those experiences like for you? And what was your most one of your most memorable moments covering them? Well, I would have to say that uh, probably the most memorable moment, um, and there have been so many, it's it's hard to rank, but, you know, being there in uh, 2004 when the Red Sox won their, their first World Series in 86 years, um, being right there on the field uh, at the end of the game, that, that was super rewarding. Um, you know, I kind of grew up a, a Red Sox fan, so to be right there on the field when they they were able to accomplish that in St. Louis was just incredible. Uh, so I would have to say that that's probably my, my fondest memory uh, when the Red Sox broke the jinx and won the world series. Has baseball always been like uh, one of your favorite sports or what was one of your favorite or what was one of the more favorite sports you've been able to cover? Yeah, that, that that's, you know, that's right up there, but you know, college basketball, especially in Definitely. this area is so, 
yeah, is so incredible with, you know, the four division one teams, um, you know, that's, that's probably number one on, on my list right now. And, you know, in football and hockey and, uh, you know, uh, NBA basketball, and of course, you know, the Red Sox and, and we had the minor league te uh, team here in Pawtucket for, for so many years. So, yeah, I, I would have to say that, you know, college basketball, um, you know, URI and PC are, and Bryant and Brown are at the top of my list. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, along the lines of like, you know, more, more memorable moments that you've been able to cover and things like that. Um, an event that sticks out to me when you, you know, around the time you were hired with a 1988 final four run from the Friars basketball team with now Bulls head coach, Billy Donovan. Uh, were you, I was wondering if you were able to call that, uh, if you were, you know, able to cover that event. Yeah, it was 1987. And um, yeah, we I covered the team that year. Rick Pitino was the coach and, and Billy was the big star of that, of that team. So, uh, yeah, and it's funny because they just had a, a reunion of sorts at PC. Uh, Patino was back. Billy Donovan was back. And many of the coaches who have coached the Friars over the past 40 years were back for a little roundtable discussion. And it was great to catch up with with Billy and, and Rick. Um, you know, they talked about that year and how it was so unlikely when the year started that they would end up in the final four. But um yeah, you know, it, the funny the funny thing is, and, and Rick even said it that day, is that, and I had asked him at the end of that season, I said, you know, what do you think about Billy? I said, um, you think he's going to be a coach? He goes, no, he's not going to be a coach. And what did he do? He went on to be a coach and a very successful coach winning college and national championships and has now, you know, been successful in the NBA for many years. So, um, you know, I'm really happy for Billy. He's 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 hardworking, good kid. And um you just never know, you know, where the path will take you. Yeah, right. What was the atmosphere like during that time uh, in 1988 in Providence? Uh, it was it was incredible. You know, everybody uh, kind of rallied around um, the team, much like they did last year with uh, with Ed Cooley. I mean, the, you know, the expectations weren't very high. You know, they, you know, had a bunch of kids that overachieved. Um you know, there were there were stars on last year's team, but, you know, in 87, it, you know, that group of Friars really overachieved. And I, I think that they captured the hearts and minds of, uh, you know, all of the, the fans who followed them. And, you know, the building at the at the Civic Center at the time was rocking all the time. And then the follow them at the Big East tournament and then on to the NCAAs. Um, I think we started in Birmingham and then we went to Lexington and then the final four was in New Orleans. Uh, it was just great. You know, I mean, everybody was so focused um, on this, on this, on these group of kids that uh, it, it was, it was really cool to be a part of it. Right. And for a generation, you know, closer to like to my age, recently they just got off of their um, Sweet 16 run. Was the atmosphere a little bit similar, you know, uh, covering it this past season? Oh yeah, very much so. You know, we were coming off the pandemic and fans were allowed back in the, in the, the dunk uh, for the first time in a, in a while. And, you know, from the very first game, which was against Fairfield, there were 10,000 people at the dunk. Now, for a non-conference game like that, you don't usually see that many people, but uh, they were, they had showed up in great numbers for the entire season. So many sellouts, you know, so many games over, you know, nine, 10,000 people, which is not ordinary for, especially the non-conference portion of the schedule. It, it was incredible. Every night was unbelievable. Uh, you know, the whole thing with Taylor Swift and the song that they would play during the timeout and the students going wild for that. It was just an incredible, fantastic atmosphere. And being on the road with them for the NCAAs, um, 
both in Buffalo and Chicago, you know, the fans, they really followed the Friars to those two, two locations. And it was, um, it was really incredible. It was so much fun and, and so easy to find Friar fans in those locations to talk to because everybody wanted to, to be a part of it. For sure. And I've been trying to get some of those guys from that run uh, on the podcast. I've been talking a little bit to Al Durham, um, Ed Croswell as well. So hopefully during the future, um, you know, that could partake and that'd be pretty cool to talk, uh, sit down and talk with them. But um, as far as you, you know, continuing your career, transitioning to the Olympics back in 2006 in Toronto and Italy, um, you know, did you ever think you would be able to cover an event so uh, huge as the Olympics? And what was that experience like being able to travel to those kinds of places? Well, yeah. So the first one I went to was in um, 2002 in Salt Lake City. Right. And then 2006 was in Italy. It was uh, a dream come true. You know, I, I don't know that that ever was something that I thought I'd have a possibility of doing. Um, so the first time I went for Channel 10 and the second time I went for NBC and it was just, you know, it's five weeks on the road, which is kind of tough uh, and to be in a foreign country. But, you know, if you're going to be in a foreign country, Italy's not a bad place to be. Uh, we certainly ate well and drank well. Um, it, it's just, it's, you know, the Olympics is a totally different thing. And it's, it's not easy to cover because there are so many members of the media, they very restrictive, but we had, you know, a few local athletes that we would catch up with and that, you know, that's really what our coverage was about, at least in 2002. In 2006, it was more national stuff that, that I was doing for, for NBC. So um, it's great. You know, the eyes of the world are on an event like that. So to think that you have a part uh, in covering it is really incredible. Right. And is there ever any like pressure on you? Like, do you feel any pressure like with so many eyes on you ever? Hell yeah. yeah. All the time. You know, it's, uh, you know, you just try and prepare as best as you can so that you keep that pressure to a minimum, but you want to feel a little bit of it. Cause you want, you know, you want to, you know, have the blood flowing as, as you go on, on the air. And, you know, for 2006, when, you know, I'm doing stuff for all the different uh, NBC stations across the country, when you're doing stuff for New York and, and Philadelphia and Washington and Miami and Chicago and, and Dallas and LA. It's just like, wow. You know, I mean, uh, it was, it was very cool. Very cool. Right. And another milestone in your career that caught my eye was um, you were a championship boxing, boxing ring announcer as well. So, you know, as far as that, where did you, where does that opportunity come from? Like so many opportunities that have been in your career. Like how, how did that one come about? I know I've been very fortunate. Um, well, uh, Vinny Pazienza, uh, the local boxer um, was going to have a fight at the Dunkin' Donuts Center or then the Civic Center. And, you know, like, you know, how many people is he going to put in? The, you know, because he had never fought. He had fought at like Rhodes on the Patuxet, which, you know, maybe maybe 500 people could fit in there. And I'm not sure that he even sold that out then. So I'm like, they came up to me and said, how would you like to be the ring announcer? And I went, yeah, why not? And the first fight there was against Joe Frazier Jr., and so I think that that was an enticement for people to come. And Vinny had just knocked out a guy, his name was Melvin Paul, and with a huge punch that uh, the video went viral back then, which was a big deal then because there was no internet or anything. So uh, I said, yeah, you know, so I'll go, you know, it's probably a couple thousand people. This is going to be at the Civic Center. And his father and a local promoter named Jimmy Birchfield said, we're going to sell the place out. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Sure enough, it was a night in February that wasn't on TV. They sold the place out. The joint was rocking. It was unbelievable. Joe Frazier Jr. was there. His dad, Joe Frazier, who fought Ali, uh, was his trainer. 
And it was just a magical night. And it was just, it began a series of uh, fights at the uh, Civic Center where Vinny would sell out. And, you know, it was, it was really incredible. So, you know, I, I did fights, his fights in uh, Providence. I did a bunch of fights in, at Foxwoods. And I also did uh, fights in New Jersey, uh, in um, Atlantic City. So it was kind of cool to be there, um, to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, it's back when, you know, a lot of people cared about uh, boxing and, and, and cared about how he did because he was very, you know, a, a, a dynamic kind of guy uh, that, you know, you either loved him or you hated him. But uh, but it was a great time. Yeah, definitely. And going into like all these different types of events, you have to definitely prepare in different types of ways. I'm sure you had to prepare in a different type of way with something that you've never uh, covered or, you know, uh, announced before. So that must have been, like we just said, a crazy experience to uh, be a part of. And now looking back at your career after all these things you've accomplished, you know, uh, now with 12 time nationally association of sports broadcasting sports writers, um, you know, inducted as a member of the national Academy of television arts and science in Boston, New England. Um, you know, what are the, what are these honors mean to you as far as, uh, you know, looking back at them now? Well, it's, it's great recognition really. Um, and you know, all of that stuff doesn't happen without, you know, the people behind the scenes. I mean, here at channel 10, you know, when we get go on the air every night, it's a giant collaboration and, you know, for all of those people who work here now and have, have worked here in the past 42 years that I've been here, I mean, it doesn't doesn't happen without them. So, you know, it's a it's a personal uh, recognition, but, you know, I extend the congratulations to everybody who's had a part in, you know, uh, my professional life. Most definitely. And I appreciate the time, Frank. I know you're kind of crunched for time right now. I just want to know firsthand from you, uh, what do you think of Camp's Corner? What do you think of the rundown? And uh, who might you want to see next as a guest? Oh, Good job. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know who you've had, but, um, geez, um, have you had the local uh, college basketball coaches on? Um, I had a few, I haven't had any like division ones yet. I don't think, um, about the new URI coach or the PC coach. Um, right. I've been trying you... to contact Ed Cooley. Um, I will definitely try to contact Archie Miller for sure from URI. Cause that's where I'm going right now. So that'd good. be cool. Good. What year are you? I'm a junior now. Oh, good. Yeah, good. And you, what do you want to do when you uh, graduate? My end goal is, you know, in the future, I want to become a, a broadcaster, play-by-play, -play, color analyst, whatever that entails. So I've been trying to, you know, dip my feet into anything I can get involved in, like reporting, uh, doing a podcast that gets my name out to people, you know, that are higher above me. You know, like people like you and uh, Maury, who I've talked to from uh, Channel Twelve, a bunch of different sports broadcasters who have taught me so much. So I you know it's been a blessing. You know, I've been doing it for a year now, and it's helped me a, a tremendous amount. That's great. I'm happy to hear that. And if there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. You know, if you need an internship, definitely, you know, apply here and and I'll throw in a good word for you. Yeah, definitely. I hope uh, to meet you soon sometime down the road uh, throughout the, you know, the Friar season, Brian season as well. So we'll yeah. definitely be in touch for sure, Frank. Thank hey, you. Now, are, you a, are you a native Rhode Islander? I am. I'm from Johnston. Oh, nice. Well, hey, Cam, nice speaking with you and thanks so much for the opportunity. You as well, Frank. Thank you. Okay. Take care. You too.